Hello and welcome to another edition of the US Sports Podcast with me, Max Whittle. Today is an NFL special. The 2017 season is days away. The 98th NFL season round the corner. Chiefs at the Patriots at Gillette Stadium in Foxborough will open up the season. Tom Brady and the Pats defending another championship. And I've got two very interesting conversations on today's show to get you in the mood for the NFL season. First of all, Neil Reynolds, well-known in this country, Sky Sports NFL, host of Inside the Huddle podcast, and of course, the host at NFL UK Live Events. Neil will join me first. And after that, I've got one of the four hosts for British-based podcast, Brits in the End Zone. It's a great listen. If you haven't heard it already, go and check it out. They launched in April. Four guys that love football have lovely English accents and talk some absolute nonsense and some bloody good sense as well. So big up to the Brits in the End Zone podcast. But first, I want to get to Neil Reynolds of Sky Sports NFL. He will not confirm nor deny his new role on the Sky team this season. Have a listen to that. We're going to get to all the topics. I'll throw you straight to Neil Reynolds of Sky Sports NFL. He's NFL reporter Neil Reynolds from Sky Sports NFL, the Inside the Huddle podcast, and of course, NFL UK Live. Neil, I'm guessing not for this podcast, but the 2017 season that you're very excited. I, I am, yeah, Max. It's, always, it's such a long off-season, isn't it? I know you're, anyone who's associated with the NFL, who follows the NFL, is a fan of the NFL, you know, you all kind of take a breath after the Super Bowl and it's like, wow, that was a busy season, a dramatic season. And then a you know, a couple of days later, you want it all to start again and it takes such a long time to come around. So, um, yeah, I've been around to some training camps, I watched a couple of preseason games on my holiday in, uh, in Florida, either on TV or went to a Bucks game. So, yeah, the fan in me can't wait now. I'm very, very excited. Yeah, even on your holiday, you go to the, you go to the <laughs> States. That's perfect, isn't it? I know, I just got back. I'd been to eight teams in eight days, uh, doing 11 flights, uh, 16,500 miles. I came home for a week and then went back to America for my holiday. So, yeah. <laughs> the wife loves you. Book. Tactical move. Um, I read about your tour last year. Uh, you went with Jamie, obviously, Jamie King at the NFL. And, and I read your blog about a, a dodgy flight or two. Were there any instances this, this time around? Pretty good, actually, this time. I don't really like turbulence, but everything was all right. Everything was... Smooth. I mean, we had some very, very late nights. It was, um, it was, uh, you know, film all day, go to the airport about six o'clock at night, fly to the next city, get to the airport about midnight, you know, check into the hotel, and away you went again. So it was, it was relatively smooth. It was just, um, you know, I don't, I don't, I try not to complain about it too much because it was a great, great trip. Don't get me wrong. It was, it was so good to see all the teams, you know, and especially to see them one day after the other. But uh, it was uh, it was a bit of a grind as well. Just when you when you going through airport security again, and then you're just sitting on a bus wait uh, on a bench waiting for the shuttle bus to come. That that part was not so much fun, but <laughs> the rest of it was it was a really really good trip. Yeah, and there's some interesting characters on the way. Um, what's your favorite NFL show or podcast in the US, by the way? Uh, I'm a I'm a bit of a uh, sucker for pro football talk with Mike Florio. He's very so, good. Yeah, and I think it's because he's quite, he kind of makes no apology for being a grumpy old man. And sometimes I like <laughs> to be quite grumpy and moany. And, you know, it's, as I sort of sometimes say to my family, they're sort of, we're walking around Disney World and they're, they're pointing out the grumpy mugs and the grumpy T-shirts and suggesting that I should pick some of them up. And I'm saying, but it actually requires more effort to smile than it does to be grumpy. So, <laughs> it's a natural um, state, right? Yeah, exactly, exactly. So, uh, But no, I, um, I like Mike Florio. I think he breaks stuff down really well. Um, 
and if he thinks it's uh, he thinks something's not right, then he's quite happy to say it. So uh, I listen to him, and uh, I listen to Ross Tucker as well, the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. So those those are my kind of two uh, go to ones in the states. Uh, going to the football now, um, more than 1,100 players got cut away this last weekend, traded, cut, wave, whatever you want to call it. The biggest transaction period in NFL history. And there was a couple that I wanted to ask you about. So Sheldon Richardson goes to Seattle uh, on Friday. You add him to the likes of Michael Bennett, Cliff Averill, even Jaron Reed. So that's that's a pretty good wall there. How much better is this unit with Richardson on it? Well, I think whenever you look at those big guys you, you have up front, it's... Uh... Can you be versatile with them and can you rotate them so they stay fresh? So to add another big body like Sheldon Richardson, who uh, can be a, a pure defensive tackle or can be a big 3-4 defensive end, you mix him in with Michael Bennett, who can play all along the line. And, and to me, one of the best defenses in the NFL absolutely got better. Uh, Richardson was... Um, he was a bit of a problem for the Jets at times. I'm not sure how motivated he was, but... In terms of natural talent, I think he was right up there. And he's going to a team where they actually let the players have a bit of freedom and they let them be characters. And it's a defense now with eight pro bowlers on it. So, um, yeah, I think I'm really excited to see how they use him because I think he'll be kind of moved along the line in the same way that Michael Bennett is. And, uh, yeah, having the pair of them and Cliff Avril coming off the edge could be scary. And it works out nice for Seattle because he's 28 next year and he's going to want that final mega deal as well. Um, the other big deal I saw, Pats text the Colts and they see if there's any interest in a Jacoby Brissett for Philip Dorsett trade. Uh, obviously, Brissett was the third stringer in, in New England and we don't know status of Jimmy Garoppolo next season, of course. Dorsett's been a, a funny one after being selected in 2015. How do you look at this trade from, from both teams? Uh, my first thought is, uh, if you if you wanted to make this trade, because clearly Andrew Luck's been sort of slowly coming back, and I wonder if now it's because if I'm a Colts fan, I'm going to worry: is Andrew Luck going to be out longer than I I thought? Obviously, he's out for week one. Is this a bit longer uh, than we expected? Is it going to drag on? So therefore, they needed a little bit more than Scott Tolzien, uh, or if it is just a one or two week thing for Andrew Luck, why didn't you move for? Uh, somebody better than Scott Tolzien a little bit earlier than now. So that would be, you know, my first thought from the from the Colts' point of view. I'm quite worried about Andrew Luck and that kind of lingering uh, shoulder injury. And then, you know, for the Patriots, I think it made sense to move one of those two on. They, they were able to really showcase him in the last preseason game. Of course, he got a couple of starts last year as well. You don't need both of those behind Tom Brady. Um, and... How how are New England going to use Philip Dorsett? Because here's another over-the-top speed threat. Suddenly, we always, always talked about New England being a team that attacked people horizontally, and then you take your shot every now and then, but that wasn't really Brady's game anymore. He didn't have to be that. Now he's got Brandon Cooks and Philip Dorsett. And, uh, you know, not everything works out for the Patriots. They didn't, it didn't work out with Coney Ealy, but uh, you feel if anyone's going to get the best out of Philip Dorsett, it will be... It will be New England. It might completely change the way they, they attack teams down the field. There's a lot of negativity in the NFL these days, but there are some funny stories as well. And Brock Osweiler, again, a Bronco, I think is pretty amusing. After 18 months <laughs> after obviously saying that he's more than happy to leave and 
John, John Elway was about to offer him 16 million a year. Now he's going to get less than 5% of that. How, how is this return going to look in the locker room? Because some players are going to be very unhappy with how Osweiler left. Yeah, I think it's it, it, that is going to be the dynamic that that I think is the one to watch. Although, um, you know, certainly players understand, you know, you're chasing the money or you go for the money. I think players seem a lot more accepting of a guy going and getting his money and getting it when it's his turn and you know, get as much as you can because it can change in a hurry. And Brock Osweiler is going to be a great example of that. He will never see that kind of money again in his career. That's, you know, that was, he took that, that opportunity. Uh, he, he got up to a level that I don't think he'll ever see again. And, but I do think listening and reading between the lines, I think it's a, I think it might be a short term thing. I think he might get released again at some point because it sounded like, listening to John Elway, you know, it's while Paxton Lynch is out, this was a good option. And I wouldn't be surprised if Brock, uh, Brock is back on the scrap heap after, uh, after Paxton Lynch returns. So he's had a quite a, quite a fall to earth. And uh, yeah, it's, um, <laughs> it's sort of one of those that I think we kind of all look at it and see the amusement of how things can change quickly. But it's also a reminder of why he went and grabbed that money and didn't stay in Denver when somebody was offering more. Other names around the league, Sammy Coates to Cleveland, TJ Ward to the Bucks. but are there any other favourites from the recent moves or, or that you've seen or even looking back on the off-season that you think will have a real impact? Uh, I like Ward. I like that. I like TJ Ward to the, to the Bucks. I think he's, uh, you know, he's a little bit rangier than what they had in JJ Wilcox there and I think he can, he can be still be really physical. Sticking with the Bucks. I'm just fascinated to see what Deshaun Jackson does starting this weekend. We've got that game uh, on Sky Sports and I, I just think that Deshaun Jackson with Jameis Winston and Mike Evans on the other side that to me is one of the more fascinating ones and uh, a couple of others I'll just give you I think uh, Jay Cutler I've never been his biggest fan um, I'm interested to see whether there's anything there uh, he certainly had his best season under Adam Gase but I don't know I just don't know if he can be consistent enough and avoid the turnovers. Is that and, an upgrade um, on Tannehill, though? Do you think? No, I don't think so. I don't think it is. I mean, there's probably big, there's probably more arm strength, but I think Tannehill was growing into something for the Dolphins. I think there was a period of time last year where, where late in the just before he got hurt, teams kind of loaded up to stop the run and shut down JJ, and then I think Tannehill kind of put the team on his back. So, yeah, I think. I think with somebody like Jay Cutler, you can understand why teams take a chance. There's a there's a, a cannon for an arm, but I always feel like you've once you get nine, ten years in, if you're you kind of are what you are, are you really able to reinvent yourself? And Cutler has always kind of trusted his arm a little bit too much, made made some mistakes. That's the part I'm interested in seeing is whether he can avoid those turnovers and those mistakes. Um, and then just sticking with quarterbacks, and it's not a new move, but I think uh, I think. Uh, Tom Coughlin is serving up drinks to Blake Bortles in the last chance saloon and we'll see how that pans out because uh, I think Bortles is on uh, on borrowed time in Jacksonville. If he doesn't pull it off this year, then I think they move on. Going into Europe quickly, Moritz Boehringer, who blew away a US Pro Day prize to the draft last year and there was excitement about him. He was one of the cuts over the weekend. Is Adjustment to the NFL is obviously tough, but what do you make of that story? Because you interviewed him last summer, didn't you? Yeah, I've interviewed him a couple of times, and I think he's very. Um, I think he's just a. He's quite shy. I think he's very shy, um, and I wonder how he settled into the locker room 
that way because you know he's painfully shy. I've seen that a couple of just a couple of examples of that. I've watched him a couple of times times in training camp, and he is an amazing physical physical specimen, just not as natural a catcher uh, as some of the American receivers that were on their team. And and I think <clears throat> sometimes you've got to be more than you've got to be more than just average or good if you're a, a, a European player trying to make your mark. You've really got to blow them away. I think he did that. I think he did that in drills, but I don't think he's ever truly done that on the on the practice field. So, um, yeah, I mean, I just hope he doesn't. I think it, sometimes it takes time. You've got to imagine he's never played college football, so you know, he's still got to try and get more and more used to that that step up. Um, so I hope he doesn't. I hope, I hope it's not the end of his journey. Who's the Brit not named Crawford or Watson to watch in the NFL this season? <laughs> Only those. Two. Uh, <laughs> Well, I always get accused of banging on too much about Jay or Jay, so I won't say Jay. <laughs> uh, but let's keep an eye out for, um, I, I hope they get some playing time, Jermaine Illuminor for the uh, Baltimore Ravens, just because he's a really good story. I think he, um, you know, he was watching the 2007 Giants and Dolphins game at Wembley Stadium on TV, decided to go and give American football a go, went down to the London Blitz. And I think if you've got, you've got people like, uh, Menelik Watson and Jack Crawford who went through the college system then you've got your guys like uh, Alex Gray and Lawrence Okoye who were elite athletes from other sports who are trying that way but I think important as well is to have you know F.A. Abada come from the London Warriors or Alex Jenkins come from the Bristol Aztecs and now Jermaine Illuminor from the London Blitz there are there are kids and talented kids all over the UK who will use those players as role models and as inspiration to do an extra couple of reps at the gym and do another mile on the treadmill and and all of that stuff is is huge i think I think people like that can be really really influential not just on the field from a down to down basis but just for years to come in the u k so chiefs at Patriots on Sky on Thursday night, first game of the season. There are some changes uh, on the grapevine. Can you confirm or deny that you will be hosting Sky's coverage? And obviously, Jeff Reinbold with everything that happened in the CFL is he is he your second your right hand man? So I can uh, I can neither confirm nor deny because Sky are making uh, announcements very soon, or as you would expect, because uh, as because um, you know the games are coming up thick and fast, and probably by the time this podcast gets put into the public domain, then it will all be out there. So. Perfect. <laughs> so I yeah, look at me sitting on a fence. But obviously, there's you know, I haven't confirmed nor denied, which means normally that's a confirmation, isn't it? That's is a perfect answer of a yes. <laughs> I'm gonna, Without actually saying, I'm so. going to break the news on this podcast that you will be hosting it. But I will I will delete that quickly if it's not true. Um, I mean, people have done people have broken that news already on Twitter. I've and, seen. Uh, yeah. Feel free to break that same news on Twitter, and I'll do the same thing uh, I did with those, which is just sit quietly and let it all come out for now yeah clearly um, i'm no florio um but i'm very excited for the new season good and some quick ones to get you out of here and you can answer mm. these as fast as you want so first one will the la Chargers fill their stadium <laughs> yes they will every <laughs> single week it's only got 15 seats isn't it? <laughs> yeah i think 17 seats um, okay every every week uh, yeah, I'm going to say yes. I'm still going to say yes. I know. It's only the preseason. Um, is yeah. this Ben Roethlisberger's last year? He said famously a few weeks ago, you can't have a brain transplant. Um, I would say no. I think he'll have another couple of years. 
How would you describe JJ Watt's relief effort for Hurricane Harvey victims? Uh, inspirational, awesome, surprising. Uh, yeah, amazing. Just incredible. Just And, and I would imagine uh, inspirational and surprising to him as well. Yeah. <laughs> his original target was 200,000. We've gone over uh, 20 million now, I think. Yeah. Incredible, um, incredible. Who will be better, the Titans or the Bucks? Uh, good question, good question. Uh, the, uh, I'm going <laughs> to say, well, I'm going to say the Titans because I just looked today when I was looking at some Bucks research. The Bucks have got a face this year. Drew Brees twice, Matt Ryan twice, Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, Eli Manning, Matthew Stafford. Uh, that's quite a collection of quarterbacks um, and Jay Cutler, of course. Um, so uh, I'm going to say the Titans. Who's the best team in the NFC East? Uh, the New York Giants. That's a, a popular pick this summer, actually. Is it? I'm um, nothing if not predictable. <laughs> <laughs> last three. Last Is this the last crack for Arians and Palmer in Arizona and just for their careers as well? Uh, yeah, I think there's a sense of urgency there. Got that impression when I spoke to them over the summer. Uh, they both say they don't anticipate retiring after this season but they also kind of recognize that any opportunity for this team to make any postseason run is is kind of closing fast so yes i think this year is their last shot who is the most irrelevant team in football uh that would be oh they're gonna kill me i always get so much stick for it it's well it's the new york jets yes but that's calling them a football team that's um yeah that's a loose use of that term why is it, you're right. <laughs> Everyone that they've dumped this year doesn't mean anything, absolutely nothing to them. Um, okay, so I'm, I'm guessing the fa- answer to the final question won't have the Jets in it. Who is your Super Bowl pick? Ooh, good question. Uh, can I be really, really boring and go Patriots? You can. And then, I don't know, it's boring, isn't it? Seahawks? Can I say, <laughs> can I say Patriots and or, uh, I think if anyone's going to give them a, a run for their money in the AFC then it will be the Raiders. And then I'm going to say in the NFC, I'm going Green Bay. Okay. With Aaron Rodgers, uh, they've always got a chance. They were close last year. So uh, New England against uh, Green Bay. And um, do, we want to, do you need a winner? I probably need a winner. Yeah, football will be the winner. Football will be the oh. winner. There'll be, <laughs> no. There, there's no winners. We're all winners with the NFL. Green Bay. Let's say Green Bay. Let's say Green Because Tom can't win it every year. Um, so let's say Green Bay win it all. Great. Maybe Brady will injure himself. Garoppolo win a Super Bowl. You never well, know. Well, no Julian Edelman as well. So, you know, it's his little safety blanket's gone for a year. But. Very true. Well, enjoy the season and good luck with the hosting. Where, or the, the, wherever I'm sitting, right? Yeah, I was going to say have, filming. You're doing, the lights, you're doing the lights or I don't know. I'm in one of those chairs. That's the, that's the main thing. So, okay. uh, But yes, I've... Uh, I apologise. I did think it was. I was on the train on the way home tonight, and I thought he's going to ask that question. And it's <laughs> you a matter of well. hours. It's a matter of hours too early. And I thought, how do I answer it? And I just thought, well, I'll do what I've done now, which is kind of fluff my way through it for a few minutes I and will, let you make up your own mind. <laughs> <laughs> I will give you a call on Thursday night before the game, and we'll we'll put a, we'll, you we'll break the news again. How about that? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, we'll have a, we'll have an addendum to the uh, podcast. Neil, enjoy hosting Sky Sports NFL. I, I, <laughs> Thanks, Max. I will speak to you soon. Thanks very much. We are breaking news of sorts here on the US Sports Podcast with Max Whittle. We cannot confirm nor deny our breaking news, but that is something to think about. Next up, Andrew Charles, one of the four hosts 
for British-based podcast Brits in the End Zone. We're going to talk about his Jacksonville Jaguars first. He's been a fan of the Jags for three years now. The Blake Bortles era is rolling along and it's not rolling very well. Let's get to Andrew. There's plenty of NFL podcasts that pop up often, and, and one I've really enjoyed recently, uh, especially because it's British. Uh, it's called Brits in the End Zone. With me now, and there are four Brits in the End Zone, by the way, uh, is Andrew Charles, Jags fan and a host of the show. How are you, mate? I'm very good, thank you. Cheers for having me. No, you're very welcome. Um, let's go into the podcast first, because as I say, there are so many around in the US, the UK. There's a big podcast market these days. How did it all come together, and, and what are you planning to achieve? Well, we uh, they're basically four mates. We've known each other since school, and we thought that there are lots of, uh, like you mentioned, so many American podcasts, but there, you know, there weren't really many British ones. And so we thought, you know, what better to the, get 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 together every now and again and uh, chat some NFL from a, a British perspective and have a bit of fun while doing it. And uh, we, you know, we like to focus on fantasy a lot as well because that's kind of how we a lot of us got into it, and uh, we're a bit obsessed with that. So uh, yeah having a good time i've been chatting to your one of your co-hosts jonathan peters and he says that you listen to the jags daily radio show early <laughs> and every day and he doesn't know how you get any work done so can you confirm <laughs> that you do listen to it every day and also that you can confirm that you do not work <laughs> um in case my bosses are listening i can't confirm the latter but uh no i <laughs> i do i listen to uh, the uh, jags FM radio show um yeah well, pretty much every day and uh you know to keep up to date with what's going on and uh as well as a, a few other uh you know fancy podcasts um yeah i i don't not sure quite how i fit all the time in but uh yeah no it's uh it's great fun so the jags let's just dive right in there so tom coughlin yeah. says we did the study and the research and we weren't interested he's talking about colin kaepernick he said yeah. no i'm not explaining it first of all why doesn't this guy have a team in your opinion i mean it's quite it's quite difficult to understand again from a british perspective because we don't have that same you know patriotic sense you know that clearly a lot of americans do because obviously he sat down during the national anthem and they've taken such offense to that that that's obviously going to play a part in the reason he hasn't got a team but i think it's also because he he's not he's good but he's not good enough to be worth the hassle it's, I think I still think you know if someone like you know maybe not you know, Tom Brady had done it, I think teams would still do it because or t- take a chance on him because he's that good. I just don't think Kaepernick is talented enough to you know to have had that level of baggage around him. I agree because I I read a piece today about someone was saying that because Brock Osweiler's in Denver and he has a job that Kaepernick should too. But these owners are running businesses. It's a, it's strictly a business move. But I also think the NFL are coming... The political standpoint is is wrong too. I think Goodell and the owners yeah. should have a press conference and they admit politically they're, they're doing this and Kaepernick should have a job. It, it, it seems unfair, but also Kaepernick's... The whole... that Everything he's doing is being helped because he doesn't have a job. I think as soon as he does have a job, it's not highlighted as much what he's doing. Yeah, no, I, I agree. You know, it's kind of... Let's try and push it into, push it away into the corner, and everyone will forget about the whole issue. So, you know, cause it's difficult for us to understand because we don't have that same, you know, that same feeling around. You know, there's not really an equivalent. You know, if someone, you know, didn't then that, you know, quite quite often actually, and you know, if we watch you know, international games, 
players don't sing along to the national anthem while it's playing and you know people don't really care at all so if you go into a cinema and you've got pick a mix in front of you and you've got all these delightful choices the jags options chad henney and blake bortles i don't quite know what suite to compare those two to but who would you rather have in week one first of all i think this is the worst can mix down heaven but um i i would uh, I, I think i'd reluctantly go with blake bortles because of what he what he can do um or you know what he can do is also is usually the game but he has had you know history of having production and you know scoring he scored over 30 touchdowns two years ago and he can be all right i think that's i think that's the issue with the jags if he was as if he was just downright terrible they would have just be they would have been done with him it's because he has shown that he can play occasionally that they're so you know in a, in, a, in hiatus with him um but where it was with henny i think you're pretty much just saying we're giving up because you know it's a career backup and even when he played he was pretty bad as well now by wednesday and switching topics very quickly here um the league should hear the results of the Ezekiel Elliott appeal of his six-game suspension. Obviously, the abusing his girlfriend, Tiffany Thompson, back in 2016. We know a yeah. few things about Elliott and the league now. The league didn't allow uh, Keir Roberts, who's the lead investigator, to report her findings directly to Goodell. Obviously, Elliott has admitted to doing certain things with Thompson. There's suspicions about cocaine use as well. I don't know how much you've got into this subject on the podcast, but whatever happens here, is this a case of both sides looking bad? I, I think so. I mean, he, yeah, like he's clearly done some some wrong, but at the same time, I feel like the NFL went too harsh. And like like you mentioned before, you know, they were they've been try, you know, they're happy to try and let um, Kaepernick kind of go to the side so he gets forgotten. I feel like they've done the wrong thing in bringing this all to light and making it such a big issue because. You know, if, I think if they'd given him maybe just a three or four game ban, he would have probably accepted it. I think the harshness of it has just made it kind of too much for him to just take it lying down and made it too much of a circus. And it's, yeah, I think everyone's going to come out looking pretty bad out of it. What what will look sad ultimately for me is if the Cowboys just try and get this guy back on the field as soon as possible because they need to sort him out as a person. And, and that's another job, yeah. I think, for Dak Prescott, probably. Yeah, well, I think he didn't. He came out actually, um, you know, a few months ago and said, you know, we need him to really kind of not not grow up, but you know, he needs to sort him sort himself out because it, it, it's unnecessary noise. You know, you don't you you want your players to be, you know, do their job on the pitch and be, you know, unless you're you know, Odell Beckham and have a different sort of you know presence off the field, but you want them to be as quiet off the field as possible because you you know it's just. It's it's a business, and you you don't want the distract the distraction, and uh, I think yeah I think he needs to be you know brought down a peg or two, and get get the right people around him to you know avoid all this controversy. Um, switching teams again, and, and Americans definitely don't say Super Bowl runners up. That's there's no there's no <laughs> silver medal, but Atlanta Falcons. Dan Quinn got this team to watch the Super Bowl loss Monday and Tuesday after the after the game. I know Matt Ryan's watched it three times by himself. How do you yeah. see Jack Crawford, the Brit, obviously joining the Falcons? How do you see um, that team rebounding this year? I actually think they'll be brilliant again. I've uh, on, on a couple of the episodes of the podcast, we've predicted uh, you know who's gonna 
who said they go to the Super Bowl, and I, I think they have every chance of you know returning. Um, it they would they were so good last year. They were the most you know high powered offense in the league, and whilst you know it might ne- might be unsustainable to you know reach exactly the same levels, they even if they drop off by about you know ten percent, they should still win a lot of their games comfortably. They were just they've got so many weapons, and their defense is you know. Underrated. I mean, I know obviously Brady came back and uh, abused their defense in the second half of the Super Bowl, but you know they have you know they've drafted defense and they you know they've got some good players and with weapons like you know Devonta Freeman, Julio Jones, um, and the, you know, a plethora of other wide receivers like Sanu and Gabriel and Tevin Coleman, who's basically a wide receiver. They've got so many options. I, I think they're they're going to carry on doing what they're doing. And one of the interesting things you didn't mention as well, obviously two new coordinators, Steve Sarkeesian, Mark and Manuel. That's, I don't, I mean, yeah. can you compare that to anything else you've seen where a team has had such such changes at those positions? Well, yeah, that's the thing. I mean, whilst you know, a lot of people automatically think um, that the offensive coordinator change, um, obviously uh, he's gone, Carl Shanahan's gone to... Um, the Niners. The, for, the 49ers. And everyone's just said, oh, that's it. You know, the team's going to fall off a cliff. They can't do what they did. But I don't know if that will make that much of an impact because whilst, you know, the, the people in charge of the call, play calls are going to change, the actual, out of all the NFL teams, the, the actual uh, players haven't changed at all. You know, they haven't lost any um, offensive linemen. They haven't, you know, the quarterback's the same. The weapons are the same. In fact, they've got, you know, Sanu back fully fit, who missed a lot of last year. So that you know the actual core personnel are unchanged, and you know if they they did what they did last year, and I, there's no reason why they can't do that again. And I don't think the the offensive coordinators would completely rebuild and rechange everything, considering how well they know those players can play in a certain system. So uh, whilst yeah, it is quite you know a, a, an upheaval, I don't think it's going to have as much an impact as a lot of people do. Uh, well, talking of keeping your core. Feel free to steal this stat because I stole it from Peter King this morning. Um, okay. None of the eight quarterbacks or wide receivers on Cleveland's roster as of this morning were on the roster in March 2016. They also only wow. have they only have four players from the 2014 roster still there. Um, wow. <laughs> for, what what do you make of that? First of all, because when I read that, I was absolutely even though they've been it's been constant change there. It's still a huge surprise. Yeah, I mean, because, yeah, I mean, if it's, you know, in a 53 man roster, to only have four players from three years ago is, I mean, that's, that's crazy. I know. Um, uh, but, I mean, whilst, yeah, I, I'm, I'm very surprised by that. But at the same time, it it makes sense because they're in such a rebuild mode. You know, they're they just accumulating draft picks, getting rid of all the old players that are, you know, used to losing and. You know, obviously they're going to keep Joe Thomas because he, you know, he, he's a he's a man mountain. But everyone else, pretty much, they're they're going to just, uh, you know, they're just accumulating draft picks to build completely from scratch through the, you know, through the youth and through the college draft system. That it, it makes sense, um, and it's you know it's clearly the way they want to go. And uh, it, you know they've got so many picks. Well, they had a lot of picks this year. They've got a lot of picks over the next two years as well. And, it's exciting. It's exciting to see how it goes. Well, to be fair to them, the the, the new operation, guys like Paul Depadista, who's had a, a background in baseball, they haven't fired any of those guys for 20 months. So they're, it sounds ridiculous, but they are semi-stable in that respect. And 
Jimmy Haslam, yeah. who's been obsessed with you know getting this future quarterback, the co-owner there. Do you think that Deshaun Kaiser, who is obviously a second-round pick, he's going to start week one against the Steelers. Do you think he's the guy that they're still apparently looking for to be their future quarterback? I mean, I'm, they're, they're certainly going to hope so. He can't, you know, he can't be worse than what they've had in the last few years. I mean, I, I think another stat they had. Um, seven different quarterbacks in seven different games last year in consecutive games. <laughs> yeah. Um, so uh, you know they're going to certainly hope he's the guy who can at least provide some consistency. I don't know how well he'll do in his rookie year. It's going to be very tough, especially if it's hard enough when you've got you know a, a good team around you, let alone being thrust in with a new team with a whole load of new players like you mentioned. It's going to be tough, but. He has got, you know, a cannon of an arm. He he did well in college with uh, Notre Dame, and I think you know he has he has a chance. He certainly has a chance. Everyone's got a chance, absolutely. Yes, uh, exactly. Love the optimism. Um, yeah. <laughs> your boy Jonathan Peters is going to be very happy with that stat, by the way. Yes, I know. I know. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely, he's uh, he's certainly hoping and praying that they can do something this year. Um. Wasn't Josh? You said the seven and seven stat. Was Josh McCown one of those? Because I, I don't. He was definitely in in Cleveland, wasn't he? Yes, he was. I believe he was one of them that he got injured, as he uh, he always does. Um, so you he's, know, he's, yeah. he, he's starting for the Jets. Um, who, <laughs> yeah. who have? I just had a chat with Neil before this, and uh, Neil Reynolds, and uh, he think he said that the most you know the point the most pointless team in the NFL is the are the Jets and. Clearly, yep. they're building for the future. They've canned so many players. Um, Josh McCown, starting quarter for the Jets. Can you give hope to any British fans that are Jets fans out there, or is there none? I I actually think that Jets fans know what is in store. They they they're not even hoping. They know that. In fact, I think they would be annoyed if they won a game. They they know that they're <laughs> tanking the season to get. Sam Darnold as the number one pick next year. They, you know that. Mm. You know there was uh, suck for luck when the Colts, you know, got got Andrew Luck, and I think it's going to be well, scam for Sam or whatever it is. They, whatever they're going to call it this year. They, they're they're going. To, they they don't. They want to be the team that gets the first pick in the draft so they can get that quarterback who they think in in what what everyone seems to be talking about being Sam Darnold, who is going to be the new NFL darling and is going to be the future of their franchise and they're going to completely write off this year and to make sure that happens yeah um well we've seen how that script goes in cleveland you don't know with quarterbacks do you um no i know it's a risk but they clearly think it's a risk worth taking because what they had was in their eyes not good enough and they then took what they had and they got rid of anything that was good exactly there's so there's so many names there when you go down the list brandon marshall Richardson yeah. obviously just gone to Seattle. Decker, Harris, Revis, Mangold. The list goes on. It clearly it's crazy. Seventeen is completely pointless for the Jets. Uh, but <laughs> yeah. you, you can still purchase Giants tickets if you live in New York. So that's that's a positive, right? There we go. Yeah, there you exactly. Go. Um, <laughs> there are a lot of intriguing storylines this season, and one that I really wanted to ask you about. Find it fascinating. The Vikings host the Saints in Week One, and obviously. Adrian Peterson. Adrian Peterson. Yeah, and they also host the Super Bowl. And Peterson intends to start and finish the season in Minnesota. I'm sure. Um, yeah. How do you think? <laughs> how do you think Sean Payton's going to stagger the running back spots? You've got Ingram there, Kamara, Cadet, and Peterson. 
Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of mouths to feed. And whilst Adrian Peterson is obviously going to be a Hall of Famer, he's going to be one of the all-time greats. He's just, you know, he's had an incredible career. Whether or not coming off, uh, you know, pretty much a season-ending injury after, you know, I think the second week last year, I don't think he's, and the way that the Saints play, I don't think he's going to be, you know, in the same role that he was at the Vikings by any stretch. And Mark Ingram, over the last few years, people kind of are writing him off this year as, you know, going to be not worth uh, much, certainly in fantasy circles, because of Adrian Peterson. But he's been very, very good at what he does, and his role is kind of carved out for him. And Hightower had a lot of... Um, a lot of role, a big role last year, and Ingram still managed to be really, really productive in you know in that system. Whilst, uh, although they do now have uh, Alvin Kamara, who does look like an exciting pass catching back, um, but I still think that Ingram's going to be the main guy, and Adrian Peterson is just going to be there, maybe you know to to shore things up a bit if things go wrong. You know, it's certainly an improvement on on Hightower. I got some quick fire questions to get you out of here, but I, I just wanted to circle back to the Jags before that. Um, Blake Bortles and his confidence. How how long have you been a Jags fan? I've been a Jags fan for almost three years. Okay, so you've you've been Bortles era then. Um, yes. His confidence and 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 just you. I, I I'm guaranteeing that if you listen to this show, you definitely watch every Jags game. So take me through the kind of what you've seen of Bortles and, and, and is there any way back because you've seen this with sports stars so many times as yeah. soon as they the, just the head goes right yeah I mean it, it seems that way and that's that's the, the scary thing is that it does seem like it's going to be very difficult for him to get right in the head but I think we, we need him to get to a point where he believes in himself because it, that seems to be the issue He he just he needs to have that level of confidence to get where he needs to be and the Jags fans need him to be. But it's it's going to be tough because he's, you know, he's had such a bad year last year and getting you know, a really bad preseason. He's had a training where he threw five interceptions. It's going to be tough. And when you're, when you're in fans, you're on your back. It's got to be tough. But, it, you know, he's getting paid and he needs to, he needs to try and sort it out. And uh, if he does, if he can have, you know, just take take you know take that next level of believing in what he, in his own ability i think that you know the jags can have uh some semblance of an offense because he doesn't need to do it all himself he's got you know now with fournette he's got hopefully a running game which he didn't have last year to, so he doesn't have to be all on his shoulders which it seemed it was last year and that clearly is something he can't handle interesting uh it's it's really interesting i i i hope he does well this season um some quick ones, quick ones to get you out of here. Um, Matt Stafford obviously got paid a lot of money. Who do you th- and you can answer these questions as quickly as you want? Who is the quarterback that will surpass him next? Highest paid player in the NFL? I think whoever's contracts up at the end of next season. I don't know. Maybe Kirk <laughs> I think Cousins. Getting, yeah, probably Kirk Cousins. Yeah, it's got to probably. I say Kirk Cousins. Who's the better team, the Packers or the Seahawks? Oh wow. Um, I'd say overall as a team, the Seahawks, but with Aaron Rodgers. You know that just he he can win you games on his own. But overall, as a team, I'd say the the Seahawks. Um, Jimmy Garoppolo and Tom Brady obviously share the same agent, and I, for the live me, I can I can only understand why Garoppolo is being such a great teammate because he knows something that we don't know. Do you think Tom Brady retires at the end of this season? It's a good question. I I 
I don't I don't know. I I I think he's gonna keep playing. I even though like you made the points you made are, you know, are quite quite good points. I, I think he'll keep playing until he thinks he can't and the way he go the way he's going, yeah, that could be for a while. Do you like Roger Goodell? I don't dislike him as a lot of other as much as a lot of other people appear to. Um, do you think it will be better or worse for you as a fan if the Jags move to London? Um, I think, from a selfish point of view, it would be better, but um, I, I don't. I don't think it would happen. I don't think it would happen that way. Uh, last one: Neil Reynolds picked Packers, Patriots, and the Packers to win the game. Who is your? What's your Super Bowl pick? Jags, Jags, something else. Jags, someone else. Or... <laughs> <laughs> I I go Jags Lions so that one oh. of them can win a Super Bowl for the first time. But uh, no, I I'd go um I I'll go Patriots Falcons rematch. Yeah, I've got to stick. To, yeah, I've got to stick to what I'm saying about the Falcons, and I think they they they're the team. They're going to be the team to beat in that division. Give Dan Quinn another chance to run the damn ball. Is that what you're saying? Exactly. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Just just go for the, get the field goal. <laughs> exactly. Kickers are romantic indeed. Um. Andrew, been great to talk to you. Uh, please go ahead and plug the hell out of Brits in the end zone. Uh, brilliant. Thank you. Well, we are a uh, yeah, we're a British podcast. Uh, follow us at Brits uh, Brits End Zone at Brits End Zone on Twitter, or uh, we've got a website uh, BritsEndZone dot com. And uh, yeah, we're just four mates who like to have fun chatting, having a little bit, uh, you know, making jokes and talking about NFL, NFL fantasy, and uh, everything that's going on. Give us a listen, and uh, yeah, and cheers for having me on. You're welcome. Thanks for coming on. You, you you take it seriously too. You've actually got proper microphones, and it looks like from your Twitter timeline you actually wear shirts and then jerseys over the top. I love that combination. <laughs> yeah, I think that's uh, uh, Dan is one of our one of our uh, co-hosts. He he loves that look. The uh, the work casual look. I think he likes to call it. <laughs> But uh, yeah, we've got. Yeah, we're we're very fortunate enough to have a have a studio which we record, which obviously helps with the uh, great sound quality. And we've got uh, an engineer, which uh, he does a great job for us. So yeah, the quality's good, uh, and uh, we like to think the content's good as well. So uh, yeah, hopefully you guys uh, will give us a listen. There you go, Brits in the end zone. Everything that the Jacksonville Jaguars are not quality product, <laughs> and <laughs> hope to deliver. Hey, I'm only joking. Um, <laughs> Andrew, thanks for your time. It's much appreciated. Cheers, Max. Much appreciated for having me on. Thank you to my two guests today on the US Sports Podcast with Max Whittle, Neil Reynolds of Sky Sports NFL, and Andrew Charles of Brits in the End Zone Podcast. If you like what you've heard, please head to iTunes. You can rate the podcast, the US Sports Podcast with Max Whittle. You can subscribe there and you can also get the podcast on Blog Talk Radio. If you've got any questions for me, I'd be more than happy to hear from you and answer the questions on the next show. I'm at Max underscore Whittle on Twitter, W-H-I-T-T-L-E, as it says in the podcast title, I'm sure you guessed. Thanks for listening. And guys, get the crisps out, get the drinks out, get the pizza out, whatever you've got to do, because the NFL is back, and I'm very excited. Until next time.